Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here, your host. I'm a financial advisor. And my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. Well, happy 4th of July. I hope you guys all had a really fun weekend. I got to go up this weekend to Taylorsville, California. We went roping and went camping with a lot of good friends. It was just an absolutely awesome time. So I hope that you guys all had a fun, relaxing, long weekend. Uh, Today is July 5th back at it today. So this morning, I'm going through my voicemails and my emails and everything from over the weekend. And again, just getting caught up on everything. And I have this one voicemail in particular that I wanted to share because I've never, ever had this happen in my life ever. And it was coming from a number that I did not recognize, which quite honestly happens all the time because I get a ton of calls from salespeople that are wanting to sell their products or their funds or whatever it is. I mean, I get them constantly. And the biggest one that I get as a financial advisor is from lead generation programs. I bet, no joke, I get a LinkedIn message almost daily from a new lead generation company and probably at least one voicemail per week from these kinds of people. So I'm going through my voicemails this morning and one of them is, shockingly, from a lead generation company. I don't even remember what company it was or even what the person was exactly offering and I don't remember any of it because it was such a horrendously bad voicemail. I mean, the worst one. I have ever received. So it honestly distracted me from the entirety of the rest of the message. Plus it was so bad. I wouldn't even want to call out the company that the person was working for anyways. But this is exactly how the message went. Hey Hunter, this is Joe Smith from XYZ Lead Generation Service. And I'm calling today to inform you about how we can Oh man, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Um, I mean, I was calling on how we can help you get more leads than ever before with our proprietary software. I mean, are you absolutely kidding me? <laughs> you called me out of the blue trying to get me excited about something that you're telling me can help me grow. And there's so little enthusiasm involved that you actually flat out yawn in the voicemail. I really could not believe it. I mean, who in their right mind is going to listen to that voicemail, get super excited about the possibility of working with that company, and then just call the salesperson right back, wanting to just learn as much more as they possibly can. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you guys, it was just cringeworthy, especially being in sales myself. I'm selling my service of helping people achieve their financial goals. So realistically, I am a salesman. And I just cannot imagine ever being that unbelievably bored with what I'm talking about. But beyond just the sales aspect of the call, how is somebody with an attitude like that supposed to accomplish the goals that they have set? I'm sure the person has a sales goal they're trying to achieve. How is that type of energy going to accomplish it for them? 
Part of my job as an advisor is helping people achieve their own financial goals that they set for themselves. And if I was talking to a new prospect and they told me what they wanted to accomplish with that same lack of enthusiasm, I would steer the conversation directly away from numbers and just talk about their behaviors. Because people think that personal finance is super complicated and you have to be a math wizard to figure it out. And you have to have the most complicated strategies strategies in place that nobody understands unless you're uber smart. And then that's the only way that you can ever succeed. But realistically, winning with your finances, it's only 20% brain power and 80% behavior. Are you actually excited about what you're working towards? Are you serious about it? Do you have a clear vision of where you want to go? I really don't care if you want to retire at 35 or 65, have a net worth of 1 million or 100 million. If you don't have any conviction that you can accomplish the goal and you aren't excited about it and you don't put any energy into it, then of course you're not going to succeed. And <laughs> sorry, I know that was a long tangent about just a pretty insignificant voicemail. However, there is a good lesson in this, I believe. So we have to be excited about what we're working towards. We have to have some enthusiasm backing it because you can have the best plan ever. You can have the best products in place and you can run the best simulations. But if you can't control your behaviors and you can't be disciplined and you're not excited about the plan, then the simulations in the plan are just completely useless. So switching gears really quick away from this voicemail, <laughs> let's get into talking more directly about the market. I'm sure that every single person listening right now is aware the market has performed terribly throughout the first half of 2022. Today, July 5th, 2022, the S&P is down roughly 20%. The Dow is down roughly 15% and the NASDAQ is down is down um, about 28% all year to date here. And that is pretty terribly sounding. Who in their right mind wants to lose wants to lose somewhere between 50 15, sorry, 15 and 30% on their investments. Nobody wants to lose that. Nobody in their right mind wants to lose their money. But guess what? You haven't actually lost until you hit the sell button. It's only a loss on paper. You still own the same amount of shares and you still have the potential for those investments to go up. So should you run from the bear, sell your positions and sit in 100% cash because things have been so bad, they can only get worse going forward. Well, if you've ever listened to any other episode that I've done before, you know my answer is definitely no. <laughs> but I wanna look historically to give you some reasons on why I have that answer. And it's important to discuss these and look back historically because again, personal finance is 80% behavior. And without the correct narrative, you can make wrong decisions that really do impact you long-term. So let's start by looking, what is the quote unquote normal bear market? What does that look like and how have we handled them in the past? Well, since 1929, there have been 15 bear markets, which the average one, average bear market out of those 15 lasts about 19 months or you know about a year and a half. And on average, that bear market loses about 38%. So right now, the bear market that we're currently in has lasted six months and we've seen about a 20% decline. So from a historical context, on average, this would last about one more year and decline another 18%. Well, okay, Hunter, if that's the case, then duh, let's sit in cash, get out of the market, wait one year, wait till it drops another 18%, then boom, buy back in at the real bottom. Yeah, you know, in theory sounds great, but here is why I will never advise any client to do this and why I don't believe in that thought. The first, you know, obvious rebuttal is, well, that's just the average bear market. This could be resolved much quicker and we could realize upside potential before a year's time frame and we don't want to miss that upswing. But really the answer I give to people is you cannot afford to not stay invested. So here's why. 
Between the time frame of 1990 and 2021, that 31-year period, the S&P returned about 10% on an average annual basis. Again, on an average annual basis. Maybe sometimes it was 20, maybe sometimes negative five. Average annual basis returned about 10%. Over a 31-year time frame, you're getting about a 10% a year return. That's great. That's if you were 100% invested every single trading day of that 31-year period. So over that 31-year period, what if you missed out on the single best trading day? Just missed one, the one best day out of 31 years. Your return goes from a 10% average annual return down to 6.2% for missing a single day. Okay, what if you missed the best two trading days of 31 years? You go from 10% a year down to 3.1. Guys, that's missing the best two days in 31 years. If you miss the best three days, your average goes down to about 0.5% a year. If you miss the best five days, you're at negative 4% a year. And if you miss the best 10 days, you're at negative 12.5% per year. If you miss the best 20, you probably don't even want to hear this. You're at negative 24.3% average annual return. So for those of you who want to run for the hills and sit in cash, you're telling me that you have enough evidence and enough conviction in your thought process that you're willing to bet that during the time frame you're not invested, the single best trading day over a 31-year period will not take place. Guaranteed, will not. Or even worse, you're in cash and the three or the four or the five best trading days occur. Are you willing to take the bet on the difference between gaining 10% a year and losing 4% a year if you miss those best five days? I'm dang sure not. We don't know when that's going to happen. Even crazier, if you miss the two best trading days during that 31-year period and your performance does go down to 3.1% annually, at that point, you are hardly outpacing 2.5% inflation when you should have been crushing inflation. So that is reason number one why I don't like to try and time events by moving into cash. Now, let's look at reason number two why you should not currently run from the bear. Historically, what happens after a 20% decline from the prior peak of the market? That's exactly where we're at right now, 20% down from the prior peak of the market. On average, the following six months produce a 1.1% return. On average, the following 12 months present an 8.5% return, and the following 18 months normally present a 12.6% a 12 return. Again, this is on average what the market has done after a 20% dip from the peak. So should you run from the bear and sit in cash to avoid future declines in the market? In my mind, the answer is no. Now, what you can and what you should be doing is revisiting your financial game plan, make sure your actions are in line with your goals that you have set, and rebalance your portfolio to take advantage of new undervalued positions that the market's currently offering. And then the big, big, big winner here is remain patient. Because people who have remained patient have always been rewarded throughout the history of the market. And people who have panicked and hidden out and the people who have panicked, sold, and been hiding, they have a good chance of getting themselves hurt. So at the end of the day, in my mind, you should not run from the bear market currently because you cannot afford the risk of missing out on the best days when the bears are gone and the bulls are back in town. So guys, if you want help with your financial game plan and making sure that your investment strategy is set up correctly with the goals that you have set for yourself, then go to my website at hunterlowry.com and you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with myself and there's a link right there to my personal calendar. All right, guys, it's a great day to have a great day, everybody. Take care.